Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Alright, picking up the Batphone this week is my doppelganger, Adam Jones. It's, it's like staring into a mirror, man. The, the bone structure... The height, the width, the length, the, it's everything. Everything is the same. I, I could, it's almost you, like I you didn't say biceps, mate, so I'm a little bit upset. But uh, well, you know, not everyone can be endowed with <laughs> breast like biceps. You've picked me out of a lineup in the past where I'd be sta- in the middle of like Mike Turner and Tom Crosby, yeah. like man mountains, and you'd be like, oh, you with the biceps. I might as well just draw nipples on my arm. <laughs> my biceps are like, yeah. but I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm pretty normal. I don't have massive arms. As they're anymore. bulging out of the t-shirt as we sit here. <laughs> oh man, thank you very much for coming on today. Oh, cheers, cheers How are you feeling this morning? Good man, good. I um, trained yesterday and uh, yeah, it's been about a, probably a week since I had trained because my little girl brought home the cold from uh, daycare. So it was the first week of holidays, so it was a bit of a drag, but here I am. No, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. You know, I've had to face it myself yes. <laughs> most recently, but no, it was good. I actually saw a couple of shots of uh, the open mat that went down at M16 yesterday, and there was a bunch of clubs there, like Complete Control and South Coast and yep. Aruda. It's good. The The Southern Network is working really well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, um, yeah, there's guys from all over. We had Kai come down from ISO, um, Lorino from yeah. Aruda. Had a few guys from South Coast, um, then Alan, yeah, come came Alan, down. So yeah. it's always always a good good sesh. Pugs brothers were in as well, so that's always awesome, fun man. to watch throw down. <laughs> I don't think they know any other pace but, <laughs> <laughs> apart from rip your neck off yes. with a guillotine. Yeah. It's almost unfair because they're such good strikers, and then yeah. they come in and then it's like, hang on, let's be good at grappling too. Like, well, that's the thing sport. <laughs> with Rikers, they have such a strong close-knit focus like they have not the luxury but the, the ability to really own in and focus on a small group of guys so they get a lot of attention mm. and they have tailor-made games for them you know the <clears throat> pugs being a, a southpaw as well the yep. style of striking that they have him develop is really precise and really mm. useful and again his style of grappling is attacking grappling but it's attacking the neck which is incredibly important for mma and just for sure so i think Whatever they're doing down there, Marco Callahan, Jeremy Keeping, yep. Richie Elliott, they're doing something good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm so glad we get to kick off the uh, podcast by saying nice things saying about nice people. Things, yeah, yeah. I don't want, we're going to go down the track. No, I've got to say <laughs> nice things about you as well. I mean, you've been involved in Jiu-Jitsu for an incredibly long time, and I'd say most recently have been a real driving force behind that coming out party of jiu-jitsu cross-training evolution of the sport you you're sort of like the behind the scenes architect i can see what you're doing you're pushing for it uh with the inclusion of beachside and m16 being a unit in terms of the grappling unit it's absolutely amazing i talked about it last week but it's it's only going to grow it's only going to be more and I remember having a conversation with Miles quite a long time ago when he was asking me, like, you know, if you were competing and coaching at the same time, what would you do? And I said, well, obviously, I don't have that issue. Like, I've done, I just coach. Like, I'm not an athlete. I'm not a competitor. I just coach. Uh, but if I was to be doing both, I'd try and surround myself with the absolute best people I could possibly find and make sure I trust every single one of them to, you know, be at it with enthusiasm that's what you guys are doing and that's what you're doing as well i mean taylor ford yourself declan lachlan's coming on board 
uh, lock of Warren, yep, Lock and Conway with the link up with M16. You've got great striking coaches. You've got Miles there, who's a fantastic driving force and a pillar of the community in MMA. And that's not an accident that that's happened. I think the other thing that I've been very complimentary of of you behind the scenes is that a great indicator of someone who truly is supporting the community is you highlight the achievements and accolades of others. So when you talk about these coaches or when you post about you know the people around you, you always pump them up. You're always saying, this guy's good, this girl's good, look at what they're doing, look at what we're doing. It's not always like, look at what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's, there's a lot to be said for that, you know, and this is all in spite of, you know, growing up as an only child as well, which I'm sure would be <laughs> a really if, difficult. If, if only, if only. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a difficult upbringing yeah. to overcome, you know. <laughs> now we, we've got a really good thing down there. Miles has given me a lot of freedom with, uh, you know, things that I want to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from, I mean, my, I'd, I'd basically quit jujitsu at Blue Belt mm-hmm. and, uh, Miles invited, well, we both used to chat, used to tag each other in shoot box videos on Facebook. <laughs> never actually met him before. And uh, I just said to him one day after I'd left the first club I was at, um, Craig had moved to Melbourne so I'd, and with Lockie Warren and Tommy Everett. So sort of my main training partners had all bounced. Mm. Miles, I sort of said, do you want me to come down and you can beat me up? Like I can't do much striking, but, uh, you know, do some ground and pound stuff, do some jiu-jitsu. So I used to drive down to Ringworks um, probably once to twice a week just to train with Miles. Then uh, ended up joining up at AJA when, well, not when they first started, but Michael Lim and Lachlan Conway got me in there. I was there till I got my purple belt and then moved over to Absolute with my brother. Yeah. And then that's what opened my eyes up and I was like, me and Miles were still talking a fair bit. Had this idea that Maybe one day I'd come back and, and sort of do something with him. Um, that happened a bit sooner than I had expected because of the uh, leg break and also starting a family. Mm. But it all worked out for the best, yeah. you know. That breaking my leg almost, I wouldn't say it was one of the best things that happened to me. That was <laughs> having a child. But uh, it definitely made me realise what I took for granted. Yeah. And that's, you know, sitting sidelined seeing everyone else still kicking goals and you're just like, God damn it. But, um, well, that's yeah. the thing, right? I think anyone who's been, who's listening to this understands that injury is a setback process, but it's also a progression process as well. Like it does all of those cliche things. It, it shows you what's actually important, who your friends are, why you wanted to do it in the first place and what you actually want to achieve moving forward. Cause you can't go back. You're not going to go back to the way that you were before the ankle break. You know what I mean? But you're just going to move forward to what you're going to be now. And what you've been able to achieve since that time, I would say drastically outweighs what you've achieved prior to that time, especially when it comes to input into the community. So that one event sort of drove you forward because mm. you're talking, you've talked about, okay, I got a blue belt, I got a purple belt, but truth be told, I mean, you've actually been all over the world doing jujitsu. You put yourself in rooms with some incredibly high level people and you're no stranger to competition, whether it's invitationals, whether it's super fights, you know, you've had super fights internationally. That takes a lot to do that, you know what I mean? Because people look at it as glamorous, but you're actually putting yourself out there and you're putting it a lot on the line at the same time, you know, just whether it's 
internally, your own mentality, your own ego, your own thoughts and wishes and hopes for how things go down. If it goes down the way you wanted it to, great. If it doesn't, what happens then? Mm. What happens if, it, if you hit a roadblock that you just didn't see happening? Right, I've, I've earned my way onto this big stage. I've got this big super fight. All eyes are on me. Probably more eyes are on you because of your brother as well. There's a level of expectation and you lose. Mm. What happens then? Oh, it's... Uh... I let it get to me a fair bit, and then, um, you know, if I've, I've lost um, a few, or, or most of my last few matches, which um, still stings, but, uh, you know, you, you can't win all the time, and unfortunately, I've probably lost a few more times than I've won, but I think that kind of helps me um, see things from a different perspective, I yeah. guess. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, after I lost in the UK, I was spewing. I trained so hard for that. Mm. I just got my brown belt. I'd spent a, some time in Thailand. I was doing everything right. And I still went over there and lost. Um, and my brother sort of said to me after, he's like, man, it's just jiu-jitsu, who cares? Mm. And like, he, you know, hear him say that, it's his job. He travels the world, mm. fights the best dudes in the world. And he's like, it's just jiu-jitsu, who cares? And I'm like, <laughs> fucking I care. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't come all the way this, all the way over here to lose, but... Um, it's, it isn't the end of the world, no. you know, um, just keep moving. But it's a process, right? It's a process. So from my perspective, and I love saying that because I'm such an outsider, <laughs> you know, it's like my favorite people who listen to the podcast are like, you got to stop saying from my perspective. It's yeah. like, I won't, I won't <laughs> stop saying that. I'm going to no. keep saying that. But again, from my perspective, the way you've turned that around is you've channeled it into actual input and progression in the community in your hometown, in jiu-jitsu in South Australia. Like, you are a driving force behind that, and you're consistently doing it. You're not just like, oh, I'm going to whack on an open mat here or whatever. No, it's it's M16 open. It's asking people in the community about what their favoured rule sets are. And, you know, we've landed on this ADCC rule set, which is awesome, because I've always said that the elite level of what you can achieve in any art or sport, whether it's a world championship or an Olympic sport, that will dictate how people need to develop, right? So if you're looking at jiu-jitsu from a gi perspective, yeah, it's IBJJF World Championships or it's Abu Dhabi Pro, right? Yep. So the rule sets are the ones that you want to level up to or tier up to. So, okay, what's the rule set for IBJJF in the gi? All right, I'm going to get really good at that game and I'm going to try and go for a world championship, right? Yep. But for no gi and for grappling, which is becoming the most prevalent aspect of the art which is being highlighted it's adcc that's the rule set that people need to practice that's that's the one that changes people's lives yep. you know they win that and uh you know i've heard people say it you don't even have to win it mm. you know that's one thing across jiu-jitsu no matter the rule set you can have an exciting match and mm. next minute you you know you're famous like i think most people found out about kit dale worldwide after yep. he had that wild match with keenan yeah you know um you really can have one match and, and make it, you know? Yeah. But then, at the same time, if you win ADCC, you're set for life. You can yeah. travel the world, sell seminars, um, sell DVDs now, downloadable content and stuff like that. It makes such a name for yourself. Yeah, especially since ADCC is now exclusively American as well. There was that, was it, um, there was one big, really well-televised event, okay? and that, that yeah. was when Lockie... Uh, picked up the bronze as well. Yeah, and I remember talking to James Hunt a little bit, and I'm like, he was asking me how it's going to go down, and I'd always said that Lachlan Giles 
game was better suited to open weight because of the style of entry that he plays yep. um, because of his physical makeup as well man one of the strongest pressure I've yeah, ever felt exactly. is rolling with that yeah guy. that, that uh, you know, like, how ridiculous dude, he's not the biggest guy but the pressure that he puts on passing and God forbid you end up in one of his chokes. <laughs> and if you if you sort of parlay that to uh, that type of tight unit putting really acute pressure on a limb from a bigger guy, they're like, ah, oh, I've just stuck yeah. my foot in a bear trap. I can't move. But what I said to James is Lachlan's going to come through because all he needs is a bit of shine. He doesn't need the, the full thing. He just needs, it just needs to be highlighted mm. how good he is in a very specific way. And that's what happened. You know, yep. He was able to get some really high profile victories. Smoke those three big fellas. <laughs> and and, and that's had a, what set him up. Had a, um, a good match with Gordon. Yeah. Know? I don't yeah. think anybody was going to beat Gordon, no. even with a mangled hand. No. Um, but I mean, when you watch that match back, like Gordon, he sucked out of the entries. In yeah. the end, like he yeah. wasn't want, he wasn't willing to play feet with with Lachlan. He's like, oh, there's a better pathway to victory. Yeah, here. but you know that's a testament to how how on Lachlan was in that event yeah. as well. That just he just put it all. Together I think it goes to you know Gordon Cops. Uh, people either love him or hate him, and uh, I think it's it's you know to be in a a battle like he or you know in that exchange with those leg locks, and then for him to go, you know what. I can finish this another way mm. more efficiently. I think that's pretty good too, you know. Yeah, 100%. Rather than get maybe baited into an exchange with someone with good skills, mm. you know, why not just I'll take the back and I'll choke you. Yeah, if your uh, B and C ga- game is yeah. elite enough to win an international world championship, then you're doing something right. I liked uh, uh, his match with Denise too because mm. uh, he was just trying certain things and that didn't you know wasn't working mm-hmm. and he just swap, swaps it up and yeah when you get the heel hook in the end I yeah think. And, but he uh, swapped it but he swapped it seamlessly and at the right time yeah. as well he would have had an inkling that okay so this is burning energy i'm not getting what i want out of this but if i try and move now to the next part of the game it's not going to come off the way that i want it yeah so he, he waited for the right time to move and that that is astronomical level mm. fight IQ at that kind of level to have that wherewithal on that stage in that moment in time to yeah. just pull back and then move forward it's not easy to do it's yeah. um yeah and uh you know Giles I learned so much under under him and uh I was only at absolute just for under a year yeah. and I was training gi and no gi every day I was doing uh Craig's and Lockie Warren's classes and then Lachlan Giles is normally at lunchtime yeah. or the 10 a.m. session everybody knows about. Um, it was awesome. And uh, to see him smash it at an open weight, yeah. unreal, unreal. He had the entire country oh, backing him. And was, probably more. Too. I was probably watching more. it live on a building site. Yeah. And I had the site manager come in. And I was sitting on the phone. In the, hopefully the boss doesn't hear this. But I was sitting on the phone watching it. And I was screaming. <laughs> We're working in a hospital. And they were like, oi. Yeah. You can't be yelling. No, like, no, I can be. I can be. You just watch this video and I'll yeah. show you why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nah, awesome. But now, I mean, you've now taking that all in, what you're doing is you're affording South Australia an advantage because who else other than yourself and M16 are affording an ADCC rule set? And I know that plans moving forward is to actually create a state championships with an under, under an ADCC rule set yep. as well. And where else is doing that? Is that happening in 
Melbourne? Is that happening in Queensland? We Yeah, so there is an ADCC comp. I believe the guy owns the rights to the name yeah. in Australia. Can't can't remember his name, but um, that's a wicked tournament. Yeah. I, I don't feel like people have jumped on board of it around Australia as much as they should. Like, mm. it's awesome. How yeah. could, you know, and it's a proper, proper ADCC tournament. Doesn't, I uh, know there was one year, it didn't seem like it got, a, you know, I was surprised by how small a turnout it was, but yeah. it's, um, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Mm. And now that, um, I can't pronounce his last name, but that Mo guy that's come on board over in the States mm-hmm. has taken ADCC from the, you know, when it was in China, 2015 yeah. or 2013, yeah. sorry, it was a bit smaller. It became this bigger thing in Finland and it was a bit more of a spectacle. Yep. From all accounts, the next one's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and that's great. That's and that, great. And it'd be sick to be able to have the M16 open as something that people can compete in. And then, you know, this other one that happens in Australia as well, which is an ADCC comp, gives us something to practice in here. Yeah, and exactly. Then we can go over there, compete in Melbourne or Sydney, wherever mm-hmm. they hold it. We've actually, we're used to those rules. Exactly. And, and this, is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I talked about this last week with Dan Dwyer. Uh, so in order to become a professional in this sport, you need to really be focusing on ADCC. Yep. And it's dictated from the top down. But you need both sides of the spectrum, right? You need the elite level goal point, <clears throat> which is the ADCC championships yep. or trials. And then you have a scale-up process. So you need the grassroots as well. You need an entry-level development competition where you can practice the rule set and develop a style which is conducive to success in that rule set. And then you need to incrementally yeah. step up. So M16 afford an entry-level competition, and then there's maybe a state-level competition, a national-level competition, then the trials, then the championships, and now you've got a pathway. Yeah. Now you've got a, a, you know, a system for a guy who walks in loves no-gi grappling, is learning the ADCC rule set, understand that that's their goal point, and can actually achieve that in some sort of leveled-up system. We've never had that. Yep. And I wanted to commend you face-to-face <laughs> for being on the ground floor here and actually providing those opportunities, because that's what you're doing. I had a conversation when, because it was just hailstorm COVID at this point in time, yeah, yeah. and then the M16 Open or the M16 Invitational was the first actual competition that had taken place and you went out on a limb to do it we yeah we took a bit of a risk there but uh we managed to make it happen so and you provided opportunities and you brought the community together again as well there were people representing from all the clubs across south australia not every club yeah you know but there was a really good representation yeah for sure and it brought people together or even that that first one we had where it was literally just open way That was that was super fun. That was fun. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget uh, Tom Crosby and uh, Mike Turner. <laughs> I reckon uh, my back's still sore from that body oh, takedown. Man. But um, how did the floor hold it was, up? <laughs> oh, dude, I know. Right? That's why we haven't had any uh, people come and watch because uh, yeah. with how many people are upstairs, we're like, oh, I don't know. How strong is this building, you know? But uh, <laughs> and especially with with those two throwing down, but. Um, what an awesome, that was, that was super fun. I was so happy with how that one turned out. We've gone to super fights now just because tournaments, you know, we were lucky with that one. No one was injured or um, all the matches went through. Dan Curry, um, he won it. He, yeah. He's a wicked grappler. He is. Um, we tried to make him and uh, Moody um, match earlier in the year, but unfortunately he had to pull out. I think he had a, 
a back injury or a knee injury. Um, it sounded pretty, well, not serious, but, you know, well, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say it was serious or not, but it was concerning for him. So yeah. he made the right call there. Never, ever um, say a bad thing about someone that pulls out because of an injury no, or something no, like that. No way. Yeah. Um, He's proven himself time oh, and dude. time again. How many yeah. grappling industries competition? I remember he's double-legging Farouk over his head, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, uh, that's <laughs> an oh, interesting yeah. sight to see. Okay, no way. that wasn't upstairs. Um, <laughs> no, nah, he's a beast. Though. But no, we... Um, we're just trying to make make stuff happen. Those first ones, we actually, I mean, I say we. Miles is uh, he sort of funds a lot of it. Mm. Um, Craig will give us some money to give out matches of the day and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a massive supporter of it yeah. as well. Um, man, this this next one that's coming up at the end of January is the first one we've actually asked, you know, for help with. Yeah. That's so we can fly in some guys from WA, some guys from Queensland. We've got guys from New South Wales coming. I've had so many people message me wanting matches. Some really, really cool... Like, there was a guy in WA, I think he's a Blue Belt World Champion. I forget his name, but you know, even to have people message you, yeah. they want to compete. That was one thing I always wanted to do. I'd have a competition where people want to compete mm. on it, you know. That's why we try and film all of our matches. We take get photos done, then people can share it because mm. there's nothing worse than when you've had this wicked tournament and your mate who was meant to be filming it has buddy filmed the floor instead or <laughs> someone's talking shit in the background so you yeah. can't use the audio. And it's a $14.99 paywall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we're trying to make it as friendly for competitors yeah. as we can and no bullshit. Um, you know, everyone just comes in, has a good day. Everyone's friends at the end of it, yeah. you know, and doesn't matter what happened. It's, yeah. That's what it should be all and that, about. That's what I've seen so far. Mm. I've never seen any animosity at an M16 event at all. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. Um, you know, and we've had guys from all over. So yeah. hopefully we can, we've got some things hopefully coming that'll mean we get spectators. Uh, one of our goals has always been to borrow the Olympic wrestling mats. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the big ones down there, the, the wrestling club have, and actually lay them out and just have this huge mat so people yeah. can throw down. Um, at the moment, we let guys, you know, fight a takedown off a wall because yeah. it's unique to our gym. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got that wall. or not? Yeah, for, for a competition. So, you know, if they're stalling up against it, we reset, but kind of fun you know yeah. some of the MMA boys are, yeah. are, are a bit of fun against it and it but. gives them a bit of incentive to sort of do something as well do something outside of their comfort zone for sure and, and use it for maybe a training purpose I know that Ant Bino like his whole idea behind doing the M16 mm. invitational was he hadn't fought for a, a while yep. and you know he he needed to have a goal or something to have worked towards and a, an avenue to develop in yep. and he felt like an ADCC rule set and a chance to compete and see what it was like on that stage you know and he's very grateful for that opportunity yeah. oh dude and it's guys like that that you know we want to have those names those local names that people know mm. just always on yeah you know um we've had guys step in on on very late notice uh Chris, one of the wrestlers, he took on uh, Dan Curry. Yeah, that was awesome to see. Great match, you know, yeah. good fun. Um, it, it didn't go Chris's way because obviously Dan's a beast, but, um, you know, how cool is that? That well, guy will always have a see match it, you know? waiting for him. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, Chris is an, a fantastic wrestler. Yeah. I remember watching Chris at Nationals in Greco. Yeah. And, like, he's very, very skilled. But, I mean, the, the actual level of wrestling in South Australia is quite high. 
mm. it's quite high. Like Adam Collett is an elite level wrestler. I never knew you two fought back in the day. Yeah, we fought. Yeah, I, 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 I hate talking someone... about it because I like him too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, someone someone brought it up and I was like, what, Nick and Adam? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was... We, we didn't fight on the street, just for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually fought in a, yeah. in a ring. Like, Yeah, that was the first ever MMA down under. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, the first in one a ring, ever. right? In a ring, when yeah. we were wearing headgear and shin guards and stuff. <sighs> yeah. yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but... He, I think he stepped in on late notice as well. I was going to fight someone else who yeah. was fighting out of Kim, Kim's gym, Kim Robinson's gym. And then actually one, one thing I wanted to bring up, I was thinking about this last night because I was thinking about some of the times I've watched you compete. Oh no. Let's, <laughs> let's see if you remember this. I would have been a white belt and it was you versus Terry. And you oh, two, man. I reckon you two had competed a couple of times that day. Yeah. Or maybe I, I think I remember this. I would have been in purple belt. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I'll never forget this. You got you were talking like to people in the co- like your coaches or your teammates during this match, and uh, it was all very respectful, very respectful. But I remember you getting cramp in your leg. Yeah, do you remember punching the cramp? I remember I cr- <laughs> I cramped in both of my calves. Calves. So yes. my calf muscle on my left, I had to punch it out. That was the that, in the middle of the match. Yeah. I was punching my calf. That out. stayed with me forever, eh? It hurt. <laughs> I've um, even tried it when I've had cramps. Like, well, work for Nick. Let's see how it goes. For it me. didn't work at all. <laughs> that was terrible. Man. Like I don't know. Yeah, because so that was the second day. So we competed yes. in the gi on the first day, and I was I had a you know I had a really good day on the first day. On the second day, I had a terrible day. Yeah, and it just it just happened like that, and I was so frustrated with myself. And obviously, Terry's fantastic at jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. I failed mentally. I'm like, why? Why am I punching at my calf right now? <laughs> he's he's taking my back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who cares if your calf is cramping? Yeah. Like, but yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, it's just one of those things that's always <laughs> always stuck with me. And I was like, oh, he just started punching his leg with a with a with a cramp. Another thing I I remember uh, you doing early on. I'd never seen a um, wrestler shot in my life. Okay. <laughs> um, the, where we where we started, it was always uh, starting off your knees. Yeah. And I remember one one bloody warm-up mat. You're just on there doing these shots across the mat. And I was like, the fuck is he doing? <laughs> That's And I, I reckon I was with Craig. I'm like, look at this fucking guy. And it was always always you doing your wrestling shots. And we were like, I don't know what that is, but it looks powerful. <laughs> and then uh, Sub Caruso's big old head cruising through. Oh, man. I'm like, who is that guy? There have been some uh, characters on the scene for so long, oh, dude. man. But I remember Lockie Conway as a character on the yep. scene. You know what I mean? Like, Because we were two... Like young awkward kids. I was wearing like a joke. I'm wearing a Joker shirt. Right <laughs> First time I ever met Conway, I was wearing a Joker shirt, and he's like, "Oh, comic book fan." It's like he started talking to me about yep. comics. I'm like, I can't believe I'm having a conversation about comics at a jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want Conway on the podcast next week. We're gonna oh, nice. we're gonna talk about our timeline because we competed against each other in the first state championship. No shit. In the final as yep. white belts when I was this egotistical little <laughs> kid, you know, who was just like ripping his gear off like it was oh. the Mundials like every time I won a match. There was, there was a lot of that back in the day. Oh, man, it was funny. The, the characters around the scene have been hilarious. Paolo's been a character pa- for yes, ages. Yep, for Peter sure. O'Shea's been a character yep. for ages. Like, you just Dave DeConti as well. Dave like, it just, you just know he's got, that... He's, he's got magic hands, eh? Oh, he, man. He's, he's, he's fixed me up a few times. He, he has I always kept... turned down the happy ending, but I'm like, don't, you know, just... just just a massage, man. I feel like his grip strength is too too strong for the happy ending. <laughs> I feel like it would be a sad ending, man. 
yeah. just depending on how he wanted it to go he, down. Uh, but he's been putting back together the entire jiu-jitsu community yeah. for like 10 plus years. But... I feel like if they know how to break it, they can put it back together well, especially if yeah. they've studied it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I love Dave. He's an absolute legend. He, he's, he's come down to train with us. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it's, that's always fun. Um, he actually brought... Um, uh, Michael Toyama down. Yeah, he brought him down. Yeah, so, that would have been good, man. I got. I, I was actually. I was actually thinking though as well. I was like, I've never actually trained with trained with you, but yeah. um, I ticked off. Um, not not ticked off, but um, there's been a lot of people I've wanted to train with yeah. over the years, and a lot of the a lot of them, you know, got to train with Terry, uh, Dave, Toyama, um, Leo. Yep. Got guillotined by Leo. Leo's and I reckon brilliant. I thought I had tonsillitis for he the next week. Absolutely brilliant practitioner. Um, and so is Toyama, by the way. Yes. I yep. feel like Toyama's one of the more underrated guys in, mm. in this state. You know, SABJJ used to be, you know, a really big powerhouse of jiu-jitsu in this state. And there was a reason behind that. And mm. he he'd never wanted to own a gym. Yep. He was just in the position where he was the most qualified yep. at the time to be at the head of an academy. If it wasn't for his dad, man. A lot of Gavin. His, no, that's the younger uh, brother. Gavin's the younger brother. Greg is Greg. Sorry, Greg. Greg Toyama yeah. is the reason why we had a state championships. Yeah. Like, yeah, and sure. this was off the back of Michael being incredibly talented in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, and, and at that time, I remember watching him at him as a brown belt at Pan Packs, him as a black belt at you know at Pan Packs, or him as a purple belt at Pan Packs. Yeah. Well, at the time, that was like the thing that you could do was yeah. Pan Packs. That was the, the highest level thing before even Melbourne International came. Yep. But he was just ripping it up, man. And like he never, I don't, I don't feel like he ever really got his due in terms of mm. the way people see him as an actual jiu-jitsu practitioner. And he's very underrated. Yeah, very for underrated. Sure. For sure. And I think people know also that Leo is very good at jiu-jitsu, yes. but they don't really get it no. until they roll with him. Like, oh, okay. I think it was a, <laughs> a 10 finger guillotine. And uh, it was on before it was on. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was like, that almost took my head off. Oh, man. And it but was we'll, good, man. we'll get to train. You came down and trained uh, when you were doing some MMA. Was actually this... T- yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I was smoking cigarettes on the way <laughs> down to sparring like a like the piece of shit I used to be. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> nah, well, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I remember getting my ass kicked and it was things like that where I was stubborn and I was like, no, I don't need to change what I'm doing. Mm. I'll, I'll get there eventually. And it wasn't until I um, did the move to Melbourne and uh, clean my lifestyle up um, and things actually started yeah. you know I wouldn't say going my way because I still broke my leg but uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely started to realize like, fuck if I'd just not partied mm. and trained hard I might have had better competition results <laughs> really? And, uh, you sure? it took me yeah it, 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 it's one of those things I had to learn learn the hard way and that's you know uh, I try and um share my experiences as much as I can with the younger guys yeah. um, because, yeah, um, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, what, what happened to you? How come you're not up there with your brother? And uh, I'm like, I like the party. <laughs> <laughs> and, just like uh, Evan, just like the fizz, he likes the party. <laughs> yes, and uh, it was just one of those things, you know, you, you live and learn and uh, hopefully now I can use all my experiences to be um, a better coach mm. and, uh, you know, um, or... or just, just try and make the most of it now, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. So I think you're succeeding in that pretty well. Mm. You, know, you, you're a good mentor. You're a good role model for these guys, and for a lot of different reasons as well. So, I had Daniel Turner 
on. And we yep. talked about you know, the traditional aspects of martial arts and having a grounding in the perspective of humility. But functionally, that can get a little bit lost sometimes. Yep. You know, with jiu-jitsu, we don't like having to tap. We don't like losing <laughs> yeah. and all that yeah, kind of yeah. shit. But when you surround yourself with people who are elite, that it's the second coming of that mm. humility because not only are you losing to these people all the time, but you also like them a lot. Yeah. And they like you a lot. They're invested in you getting better. And then you realize what the cyclical nature of progression actually is. So all of those walls and all those barriers that get built up over base ignorance. You know yep. what I mean? Like, I don't want people to know that I'm not as good as that guy or that guy is better than me or those mm-hmm. techniques are different to what I show. That kind of angst and anxiousness, it's just, it's non-existent. It does, it's not actually real. It's not tangible. Yep does not conduce it to anything that's real. What's really real is the fact that if you go and train with someone, like if I come to M16 tomorrow and I get tapped by 100 people and I tap 100 people, it doesn't actually matter. It's the fact that I showed up and, yeah, and it contributed to the, to the community and to the pool. That's what actually a bad matters. A bad day on the mats is still better than no day on the mats. You know 100%. I mean? yeah. 100%. And I think that you're sort of the example of that in modern jiu-jitsu and in our state as well. And I'm, I'm so complimentary of what you guys are doing. And I, I sing Lachlan Conway's praise as well mm. for linking up. But the, the guy that I really should be singing praises about is Miles. Miles, man. He, uh, yep. He's, he's the, the he's the architect. He's he, had the he, foresight for this one of the, years. Um, uh, true martial artists, mm. if you want to say that word, you know, Muay Thai, MMA, grappling, He's fucking unreal. Like, yeah, I think is. you put him in a wrestling tournament and he'd probably do very well yeah. too because he's got wicked wrestling. Um, and yeah, without him, none of this would have been yeah. been possible, you know? Yeah. He um, he listens to all the shit I talk and then, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll listen to him when he's fired up mm. and we've got a good good thing going. Yeah. And now that we've got um, Declan on board and uh, Lachlan Warren starting... Uh, well, he started teaching with us. Um, they're going to both... I think Warren's doing fundamental courses mm-hmm. at the moment, and we're going to add another advanced class. So it's just... We've managed to, for a gym down south, surround ourselves with some pretty good guys. Yeah. And I know my jiu-jitsu's gone through the roof. Well, I say that. Since Declan's come on yeah. board, I think if I roll with myself before he came to us, I would kill you know, destroy him now. But it's it's funny how it works. It's like, I felt like I was doing all right and then he comes down. I haven't tapped Declan for years. You could actually go back on Facebook and find the Facebook post I made about <laughs> the last ca- time catching him. And then the little bastard the next night got me in the exact same move and did oh, the exact yeah. same post, just with better Photoshop skills. And, uh, you know, I'll, he'll fuck me up so many times in a round but I know I'm getting better. Yeah. And then, you know, he'll, he'll point out things for me. And uh, it's really good having that again. Yeah. Because um, one thing, uh, not having, like, you know, I call my brother my coach. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was drilling with one of the guys called CJ. He's one of the, he's like 15, trying to do these heist moves that Craig was trying to describe me. So I got one of the guys filming it. And then we sent it to Craig. He's having yeah. a Christmas lunch in um, <laughs> Vegas. And he's gone. You know, what are you doing with your arms? And he's very brutal, you know, he calls me an idiot and stuff. <laughs> and then I eventually got it. So we've got that that there as well. But now I've got Moody down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I say me, we've all got Moody down there. It's so good having just that um, that next level of 
you know, someone watching you, helping yeah. you. That direction you. Is, is very, very important. I yeah. think that when people are committed to giving you real direction as well, it's mm. very, very different to let's just try and learn things. You know, yeah. You've actually got someone guiding that learning in a, in a very specific way, which is, and there are people that are on the precipice of the new evolutions of jiu-jitsu yeah. as well, not just, not just showing you what they can do or what they think is good. It's what is proven mm. and it's what is, okay, so we look at the trends of the elite levels, what is gaining submissions and what is stopping the highest levels of the new meta of the game and that's what we're learning and that's what we're developing as well. So you learn the techniques and you learn the strategies and then you learn that you develop more intricacies and nuances within them. I think some of the names that we've, we've gone, talked about, Declan, Isaac, Craig, yep. like your brother, people think they're talented and it's a cop-out. Like, it's a massive, massive cop-out to just say those guys are hyper-talented, it's genetics. I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Right? But that denotes a fundamental misunderstanding of how hard they actually work. And not just hard, but how dedicated they are to pure technique. Yep. And these are guys that constantly put themselves in rooms with people who are much, much greater than them and have risen to the top of every single room, every single time. For sure. Uh, but again, it's not an accident that those things have happened. People see your brother, people see Craig and how much success he's actually had. But again, I feel like the parts of... The parts of his game that they rate so highly, like his functional ability to find submissions and his attacking game, I think it's actually the attribute that they should look at is his systems and the way that he actually formulates thoughts about his jiu-jitsu and why it comes out as attacking grappling. Like He seems to me, again, my perspective, I'm an outsider. I don't know your brother that well. Yep. But it seems to me that the thought processes that go into his jiu-jitsu are as elite as the functional aspects of his jiu-jitsu. And I think that he's very underrated for that. Mm. Um, I think Declan's the same. I think Isaac's the same. Once Declan gets his, his uh, stage, he's going to go through the... Yeah. even Hit another level. Um, we're going to do some team trips to Puerto Rico Brilliant. once the world opens up yeah. and he can uh, meet all those guys. Mm. And I think that's going to open certain doors for him. He belongs there with um, those guys, man. He really We does. had some things planned for him. Uh, Craig was going to get him some matches on some mm -hmm. cards. Um, obviously, COVID sort of stuffed all yeah. that up, which was a bit of a bummer. But, uh, I mean, in a selfish way, it's been good for us because <laughs> we've <laughs> got to hang around. on to Moody, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, we definitely don't want to see him go. But, uh, you know, he's going to do big things. I know he's... Yeah absolutely focused on winning trials mm. um, and it's it's cool to see you know I think Craig laid out a blueprint of what you can do to get to that professional level and make a living and um, you know you've, you've really got to do well at the trials yeah and then not even necessarily win. No, just, just gain some shine, gain yeah, some notoriety. Have some moments yeah. in a match and people go fuck that was pretty cool mm. who's that guy let's follow him yeah so, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. These guys deserve it. Like, I'm biased. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I've seen Declan since he was a kid. Yeah. Putting in the work and gaining skill. He's only fucking 23, hey. He's only 23. That that's what I know. Oh, no. <laughs> it makes me feel better when he kicks the shit out I'm of me. I'm 32 years yeah. old, man. Yeah. I remember, I, remember when, <laughs> I remember when Declan, 
He didn't have his man strength yet, like in yep. early days. Oh, they were the days, mate. Yeah, that was the last time I got him, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever submitted Declan. I remember, you know, when we came away, when we were looking for a, a new affiliate, you know, we'd come away from SABJJ yep. um, to start a new MMA academy. We didn't want to go against SABJJ, you know, and we're not start setting up a jiu-jitsu academy. Yep. I wanted it to remain amicable, but we're looking to establish a new thing. So there was a time period, a few time periods there when Mike and I were setting up Trinity where we just had no home and nowhere to go, but we're looking for that. You yep. know? And Leo and Warwick were the first ones to reach out to us and say, hey, yep. just come and train. So I remember being there, training with those guys, training with Declan, training with Isaac, and even Lockie was there at that yep. point in time. And just, I'm not there trying to beat him, but I was happy to put my body on the line to try and help him. Yep. And I think, I think they remembered that, that I was one of those guys who were just in the room to help. Yep. And um, I just remembered them all being so keen and so sharp and so on the level when it came to being at the forefront of evolution of techniques. So... Fundamentals are very important, but when you see modern jiu-jitsu in, in true application and just what they're doing now is just... Yeah. It, it's, hard, it's hard to put the timeline together. What I see in my mind is Declan as this young kid who has assimilated all of this knowledge, put it into practice, observed, researched, reported, and now his application is his own findings. Yep. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see, man. And he, he's, um, he spent a lot of time in Japan training with... Yeah. Um, bonsai, no, team bonsai over there, and uh, some of those guys over there are unreal. Mm. It's also a uh, very different style to maybe what they're doing in America. Yeah. I know the way they train is for sure. Mm. Uh, he was only telling us the other day they do three-hour sessions over yeah. there or something crazy, and um, you know it's anywhere in the world you train, it's going to be different. Mm. And that's kind of unique, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think having that eclectic mix of influences makes him unique. It's Mm. almost like pro wrestling. Yes. When you go to Mexico and learn how to, you know, work right-handed and you go to Japan and work strong style, you know, the rep style of judo, or you, you know, maybe you look at it from a catch wrestling perspective and, and how they go about things and their mentality and view on the intensity of submissions, the intensity of takedowns, the validity yep. of uh, an attacking takedown. Declan's got a lot of that. Declan's yep. got that eclectic mix of styles. And I think Isaac does as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that Isaac right now is just wrestling every day. Just <laughs> wrestling like a motherfucker, eh? Yeah. He, um, he, he came on a trip to Thailand with us and he was a bit unsure about it. He was mm. like, oh, I don't know, you know, managed to get the money together, bought the flight, came over, uh, met Craig and then they, you know, eventually went over to America and did yeah. that whole tour, whole tour with Craig. So he's learned, he's learned a shitload. Mm. But he's wrestling. He's just pumping all this time into wrestling yeah. at the moment. And if you watched, I can't think of what the tournament was called. It had some strange rules. You went on that. I say strange rules. I'm a guard puller, so. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Negative points. For, yeah. yeah. And, uh, sub all-stars. Sub all-stars. all-stars. Sorry, yes. Awesome matches on there. Yeah. Um, but his wrestling looks really good. That's, mm. that's, that's super cool to see. So you see on these guys that are already really good improving so quickly. It's going um, to be a cool time in a few years. Is anyone going to take a match with Isaac at this point in time, or? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. He, um, he's like, what he fought the two black belts. He had a, he a good Bob, match man. with Bob Ferraz, who like, we've got for Moody next. And he's no, cool. no slash, Dude, man. He, no uh, slash. Like I met him in Coffs Harbour. Uh, he had his first super fight with Craig, and then uh, 
that next match they had at Boa. Yeah. Oh my lord, he very brought different. it. Yeah, that's for very sure. Different. And um, I got a lot of time for Bobby. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. I was super, super happy to be able to get him down for this match with Moody. Dude, that is. I'm not sure people understand how high level a match that actually is. Dude, it's it's going to be sick. Right? <laughs> um, uh, like I said, if you if you're looking to watch what Bobby's you know capable of, have a look at that second match with Craig. He yeah. brought everything, and it's very competitive. You could look at it like this: if you didn't want to sit through every round of Pan Packs and Black Belt tournament, and you just wanted to go straight to the final. Yeah, and then you just get Declan and Bob. Yeah, you know what I mean. But now you just get to do that in a really exciting rule mm. set. One matchup, like, and then Conway versus O'Driscoll. This this yeah. card is like, yeah. I'm really excited for so this. What's going to be happening, man? It's it's, uh, and then we've got um, Taylor versus a girl from WA yep. as well. Pugs versus a lad from New South Wales. Yep. That that kid was so keen. Um, he he flew himself. He's flying himself uh, here. Uh, so um, yeah, he we'll we'll have to get him back for another uh, another match. And the Battle of the Harrys is going to go down. Battle as of well. the Harrys. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, that'll be good. Uh, Malazzo's been training hard. He um, and then you know I, yeah. I remember watching Harry McKenna compete. doesn't have an off switch. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I remember him competing at um, I think it was AGC, yeah. and uh, I liked his style, man. Yeah. And um, MMA going into MMA. Yeah, wrestling and MMA. Like he's yeah. he's more of a grappler at this point in time. But you know yeah. we're an MMA centric gym, so basically yeah. if you're a competitor from our gym, you're more likely to be looking towards MMA and yeah. streamline those efforts. Last, so. last time I was down there, I rolled with um, Tim and Jake, and Jake actually <laughs> choked me uh, years ago at a comp. And that dude, man, I've never... He's like an action figure, eh? Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you even grab to try and break no. here, eh? It's like, I'll just, it's like trying to grab hold of a rock climbing Yeah, ball, he's all sinew. Like, yeah. you know, his, yeah. his muscles are formed so perfectly that it's like yeah. a chimp. Yeah. It's like a chimp. Like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool to, cool to roll with Tim as well. She, um, good old flash, that was a good day actually that was a good day I'm glad people can come down to Trinity and have yeah. a good time as well I've really I'm really thankful to Dwyer for putting on those open mats and just you know he's sort of like you Dwyer Dwyer's been uh, he's been uh, he's got the same feelings towards the anti cross training yeah. as, uh, as me yeah and, he's uh, the you of our academy um, like, he uh yeah, we we've talked about it a few times. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, coming from a place where cross training was very frowned upon, um, and then moving to Melbourne and training, you know, there were the uh, Mondays and Wednesdays were like the pro gi class. Yeah, there'd be black belts that owned other gyms coming to train. Yeah, um, Craig and Giles, and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. And that was so cool. And that's what I wanted to sort of bring back. And that's what was so cool. It was like, yeah. Dan's got the same idea. Yeah. And the more of us that have it, the dinosaurs are eventually going to be, you know, swept out. Yeah. So, you know. Well, Leo, I, I talked about this with Dan. Leo was the first one who said to me, like, uh, with cross training and everything like that. Leo used to be really hyper intense. I remember the Leo, like, of, of years before. Yeah, yeah. But now it's sort of like... That was probably a... a a, a representation of the scene, though. You know. Yeah, I, I think so as well. There we'd, was we'd more be standoff and stuff and it going would be on. Be like, all right, yeah. it's us against them. Yeah. And now it's like I go to comps now to see the guys do well, yeah. have fun, and catch up with everybody. Exactly. It's so exactly. different now. There's no. But you, you sort of get indoctrinated, even if it's a self indoctrination, into that mentality of like us versus them because you are representing an academy. But pride yeah. should come from a different place. It shouldn't come from like oh. 
our academy's got better jujitsu than this academy. Yep. It's like you actually all love doing the same thing, so calm down. There's no, yep. no such thing as secret techniques. No, give no. it a rest. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. The pride should come about how open your academy is. Our academy is awesome because they're open to the community. We're all about evolution and progression. We open our doors to everyone. That's where the pride in your academy should come from. So if you go to a tournament and you're from an, a club that's like that, that you trust and support, yeah, yep. you're going to be happy with you know representing them. But if you if you feel like you've been oppressed or hampered, that's the exact opposite point of jujitsu. Yeah. But what I what I was saying is, Leo was the first one who was like, he laid it out very succinctly to me. He's like, if you believe in yourself and you're confident in your own abilities and the things that you teach, you'll never be afraid to have your students yeah. go somewhere else because you'd be confident that they were going to come back. Yeah. And even if they learn different things, good things at a different academy, then guess what? You get to learn them when they come back. If you're so high and mighty that you can't learn from your students, then you've missed the whole point again. We've always been under the impression if the, the local scene gets better, we're all going to be better grapplers. If you've got one guy that's killing everybody, you know, you could, John Jones, right? Mm. He was un, untouchable at light heavyweight. He, I try and forget the fight and kill Shogun, and that <laughs> still hurts me to this day. Yeah, you're a big Shogun Now, guy. if you look at all those guys now, how much more human does John Jones look now? It's because they've all risen up. Mm. Same with Anderson Silva. Those middleweights, they all, you know, now all of a sudden he's pretty, pretty human. Mm. So if you've got these guys, if you've got one club in in the state that's got doors closed and they're better than everybody, the rest of the scene's still going to get better. But mm. so if we all work together, then we're all going to be better grapplers, mm. and the best grapplers going to get better as well. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. I'm very against the us versus them. Uh, these days, yeah. I know when I was younger, I was a bit of a dickhead. But uh, <laughs> uh, you're talking to the biggest one. Now. Are you kidding me? Uh, I was the most standoffish, yeah. competitive dude. But oh, dude, yeah. That was, I don't know. Yeah. You get older. Yeah. Like Leo now is like Steve Caballero. You know what I mean? He's like a Classic. retired yes. pro yes. skater. You know what yes. I mean? That is the exact demeanor that yeah. I get from him. But I love Leo, man. He's yeah. taught me some fantastic oh, lessons. He, um, you know when uh, I think it was a Dean Lister seminar. It was the first time I went and trained at that mm. gym. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, there was a completely different warm up, and I felt very, uh, silly cause I didn't know some of these techniques. And I was like, oh shit, but it opened your eyes up, you know, yeah. like, oh shit, everyone's doing different stuff. No wonder that, you know, one of the, uh, the best things I think about Leo's is the guys are all great passers. Mm. You know, I remember that with like, Isaac, you're like, relax, mate, let mm. me get my guard. And he just keep passing. And yeah. I think that's. That's direct from Leo, you know? One of the hallmarks of Leo's game is pressure-based passing mm. versus dynamic-based passing within his own style. So his timing of when to put pressure, when to be fast, when to alleviate from the leg drag distance yep. to the Toriata distance to the over-under distance, all of those mediums are covered. Yep. And he knows exactly when to do what. And it's like and he can translate up. that to people as well. Yeah. He can translate it. He's so all of coach. the students have, you know, they have a very similar, very similar style of passing, but their own aptitudes, their own applications. It's really cool to see, man. Like what Warwick and Leo, one of my favorite tournaments ever was the Synergy. Yeah. And uh, you know, those guys, uh, they had their own gym and the scene was still I wouldn't say hostile, but mm. a lot of people didn't really it's not like it is today. 
And they still put those tournaments on. Yeah. And that was so much fun, man. I remember. And you know what? Remember when I King was... came down with oh, the yeah, moustache? Yeah, and he yeah. smashed everybody? And he put what like 20 billion points on Jules Gonzalez. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'd hate to be Jules. Right <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so unfair. But you know what? I remember the mentality that I was in back in that time. I was against it. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I was a dickhead, <laughs> man. Yeah. I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. I saw it like, oh, we've already got state championships. We've already got competitions. Why do we need mm. another one? I, I had no idea what I was talking yeah. about, man. I should have shut my white belt out. <laughs> I had no idea. But yeah. literally, like, when you look back at it and understand that they were affording people opportunities much in the same way that you guys are doing right now, that was groundbreaking for us. Mm. And that was a, a huge addition to our schedule, which gives people entry-level opportunities to develop their skill set and more chances for the community to come together and do jiu-jitsu as well. So, look, man, there's there's some awesome stuff that's happening at the moment, mm. and I'm, I'm glad that you get to be a part of it. I'm glad that I get to be a part of it. You know, I, f- I feel like an old man of, the, of <laughs> yeah. the scene now, just rocking around like, oh, I used to fight back in my day. Because we're still here, mate. Right. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I'll see so many new faces. Where'd this guy come from? I yeah. don't know who this guy is. And then you'll see the old, you know, the old <laughs> yeah. dogs, and you're like, ah, he's still here. He's still, he's here. still here. And that gains you respect as yeah. well. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I, I started, my first ever Muay Thai session was when I was 12 years old. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I started doing Greco-Roman with Pavel Lagoski at 14. Yeah. I jiu-jitsu at 17. I was playing rugby at the same time and all that kind of yep. stuff. Traveled, came back, fought, did okay. You know what I mean? Did a lot of competing, and I retired for a lot of good reasons. Yeah. Um, I had tried to twist that arm. Oh, you, man, you've been very yeah you said i know retired. i yeah. know what type of mentality that i need to be in in order to compete and that would be very 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 difficult for me to get back into at this point in time in, in yeah. my career and also i think if you're a jiu-jitsu coach you can compete at the same time but if you're a head mma coach yeah it's very difficult to compete at the same time i understand that miles has done it incredibly well but for yeah. me the amount of energy and the amount of planning that I put in. I'm an analytical guy. I'm a strategist. And that's where my best work is done. So I would, I feel like I would be doing our athletes a huge disservice if I took away from them that energy and that yeah, time yeah. and that input, given that I've built up those structures over time as well now. And that's where my passion is. Yeah. That's where my strength is as well. Like I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel the draw to compete because I don't feel like I want to be better than other people. Even when I had the super fight with Kane, right? And I hushed the crowd after I I won. I look back at that and I think that was a symptom of the mentality that I had at the time. Like I understand that people were cheering because I won and they were happy for me. But I also understood that there was a person who had lost in that moment. And I didn't like the idea that they were cheering that someone had. It's a very brutal, uh, when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. It is like that. And I'm just, I just don't have it anymore, man. So at the end of the day, I could say anything I want, but I just, I'm not a competitor anymore. And I'm I'm way better in a, in a support role. And I'm very happy to be there. I remember I was scheduled to fight miles back in the day. Yeah. And what happened was uh, we were at SABJJ. There was padded walls uh, it was like the last two weeks of fight camp. This is after I had the blood clot and all that shit went oh, down. Shit. I was yeah, trying yeah. to make a comeback, right? And I shot, ran 50 steps or whatever and went headfirst into this wall and knocked myself out. Cold. Oh, shit. I lost a week of my life. I still don't remember it. But I'm so glad that happened. Yeah. Because it's like it's turned a light bulb on in my mind. The first reason is 
I'm glad I never fought Miles. Even yeah. though Bino and Miles fought and they became friends. Knowing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, knowing Miles now, I'm glad I never... You know, he never punched me in the face and I never yeah, punched yeah. him in the face. He's too He's too good a dude. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, and, I, I want to punch Miles in the face. <laughs> in, but in the, a, the other reason way. is like, well... <laughs> I never would have realized how important to me my brain actually was. And yep. it, it wouldn't have opened the door for the next part of my career to take place. And before that time, I was a hyper-competitive douchebag. And I feel like I've <laughs> mellowed out to yep. a point now where I can actually enjoy everyone in the industry. And I'm legitimately happy for people when I see them do well. I see your brother on the international stage. I'm happy for him. And you're proud of Craig as well. Yeah. I see how proud of your brother you are. And that's that's very endearing. You know what I we, mean? We've always we've had we used to have people actually say to us like, I can't believe how close you guys are. Mm. It's like it wasn't always like that. <laughs> when when I had the upper hand, it was you know what I mean? And then yeah. we're about eighteen, we were like, fuck, we'd actually probably be better off working together than, <laughs> than against each than other. Against each other. <laughs> But um, your actually your voice at uh, competitions, your coaching, I always feel um, I'm like fuck. I need to I need to vocalize things a bit better because you you're very um, calm. You talk it through. Your voice at a comp is kind of like hearing Matt Sarah coach oh, on yeah. uh, Tough. You know what I mean? That's you're awesome. Like, There's nothing. <laughs> he's in the building somewhere. He's in the building. But I really appreciate. Very that, clear man. and um, you know sometimes I'll. Get up! Like, <laughs> hang on, that's that's not what I should be saying, you yeah. know. But it's it's well, it look, comes I, with time. I so. will take that compliment because I actually do put a lot of effort into mm. that. It's, oh, you can tell yeah. for sure. No, I'm glad, man. Man, we're getting to the end of it. We've been talking shit for an hour now. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, but I and not was, a bad word said about no, anybody. not about anyone. A yeah. lot of a lot of hype. Yeah. <laughs> All the hype. Yeah. But uh, I always give a chance for people to say thank you, man. And obviously, my my thank yous is to you for coming on the podcast today, for sharing your perspective, and for coming back to us here in South Australia mm. and being that driving force behind the new evolution, creating a hub, being that architect, and sharing what you know with the next generation because it's bearing fruits. What you're doing is awesome. Let's please keep going. Yeah. I just hope the guys, you know, they can... They have to go their own path, but hopefully they can learn from some of the experiences and um, not have to go through some of the things that, yeah. that we had to. So, and, and there's some incredible insight there. They would be mm. they would be remiss to not take that on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone you'd like to thank? Man, uh, I always thank Miles for um, giving me the opportunity. Um, Moody for all the help he's he's always given me. The good dudes in the scene. And uh, yeah, having me on here, man, it's super cool. I can't believe people want to hear me talk shit. Yeah, everyone wanted to hear you talk shit, but they really wanted to hear you be negative. Be negative, I know. I got a couple of banger stories, but uh, another time. Another oh, man, time. you're going to be back on the podcast someday. When I get through absolutely everyone I want to talk to, yeah. I'm going to have guests back on and we're going to get the real conversation. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Easy, man. Easy, mate. Cheers. All right. Thank you very much. Guys, stay tuned. We're going to be back. Same bat time, same bat channel for all the bat fans out there.